Gracious God, as we turn to you and your word, may the Spirit of God rest upon us, help us to be steadfast in our hearing, in our speaking, and in our believing, and in our living. Amen. Today's lesson comes, Old Testament lesson comes from Ezekiel. 17, 22 through 24. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a twig from the lofty top of a cedar. I will set it out. I will break off a tender one from the topmost of its young twigs. I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it, every kind of bird will live. In the shade of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind. All the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high tree. I make high the low tree. I dry up the green tree, and I make the dry tree flourish. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading this morning comes from the gospel of John, the gospel of Mark. Chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow, he does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, and then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe at once, he goes in with the sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nest in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them, As they were able to hear it, he did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. This is the word of the Lord. When I was called to Quaker Memorial Presbyterian Church in Lynchburg, Virginia in 2012, one of the first church projects uh, I was introduced to was the creation of a community garden on the church property. A group of folks had envisioned this project during their interim pastor time, and the idea was, had been nurtured, and the idea was to create this garden on the property that then could go out and feed those in need in the community. Uh, Lynchburg, like uh, many metropolitan cities, had what they call a food desert in certain areas where there, where, where there wasn't access to the residents 
for fresh vegetables and, and those types of groceries. Most of their food was uh, gathered either in a food bank where it was mostly canned goods or uh, in a 7-Eleven type uh, quick stop grocery store and there wasn't uh, fresh vegetables available. So the church decided to do something about that. They wanted to build a garden. Um, so they canvassed the members and they gathered uh, supplies. They went to hardware stores and, and got donations. Uh, they designed the layout of the garden and they built it right there on the front lawn of the church. Now I will say that Quaker Memorial Presbyterian Church was blessed with a very large campus. It was eight full acres in the middle of town. Um, maybe four of those eight acres was covered by the building and the parking lots uh, and some other outbuildings in a fairly large cemetery. Uh, but there were four acres to the side that were really untouched. Uh, they were beautiful, lots of lovely trees, uh, lots of grass. The land had basically been undisturbed for over 100 years. Um, so we were excited for the harvest. Um, we should have figured out that there was going to be a little bit of trouble that on the day after our first planting, it snowed. <laughs> uh, but we, we forged ahead. We, we kept going. We worked really hard. And by the end of that summer, uh, because up in Virginia, the, you really could only grow most things in the summertime, um, we produced a whopping 60 pounds of produce. That wasn't exactly our goal. What went wrong, we wondered. We had all the right tools, we had a great location, and we had this small but mighty group of volunteers, and several of them were master gardeners. I'm sure it was one of those master gardeners that said, hmm, maybe we should test the soil. And sure enough, we did, and after all those years of inactivity, it had robbed the soil of what it needed to grow a garden. Now, the trees that were there had really deep roots and could dig down deep into the, uh, into the earth and get their nutrients, and the grass was just along the top, really didn't need a lot, so what looked like a lush and beautiful growing place turned out to be not so uh, conducive for that type of growth. So in the second year, we brought in several truckloads of topsoil and compost, and we dug it all up and mixed it all together and basically recreated the garden and started from scratch. At the end of that growing season, we had produced over a 1,000 pounds of vegetables. By the time I left Lynchburg to come to Mount Pleasant in 2018, our little garden was, had been expanded three times. It was producing well over 2,000 pounds of fresh produce each growing season, and they were expanding into the winter vegetable months. Um, the church was distributing tomatoes, onions, lettuce, carrots, beans, and cabbages to three different agencies to serve folks in the area in need for fresh vegetables. The Presbyterian women even took over a bed and grew some flowers to make arrangements to give away. And our preschool uh, even took a bed and would take the children out to talk to them about growing things and caring for things. But it all starts with the soil the dirt of the ground. And we can say that about ourselves as well. It really starts with the earth. So today, let's get reacquainted with the earth. More specifically, the stuff that the earth is made of, the soil, or what we commonly call dirt. We have a long relationship with dirt. It's biblical. 
In the first book of the Bible, in Genesis, God gathers some dirt and breathes into it, and humanity comes into being. In the creation story, humans represent this beautiful mix of dirt and divine breath, and we are then planted in a garden, a garden of abundance and nourishment and bounty and plenty. Christopher Wright, in his book, The Mission of God, says this about creation. Six times in the creation narrative of Genesis, God declares God's work good. Wright compares God to a master chef, bringing a multi-course banquet before an admiring crowd. God kisses the divine fingers with each new delicacy that is brought forth. Then the piece de resistance, the seventh and final verdict on the whole achievement, and God declares it not only good, but very good. But biblically speaking, that beauty and harmony with the dirt did not last very long. In the story of the fall, God says to Adam, Cursed is the ground because of you. Cursed is the ground. And Adam and Eve moved to till the dirt in a different place. Our relationship with dirt that time changed forever. In the same way, the ground is cursed in the fall and brings forth, brings forth thistles and thorns, we too carry into our lives the curse of failure and pain and regret over what we have done and what we have left undone. We have our own brambles and barbs to deal with. Many times we feel we have been scratched and choked off, so sometimes we scratch and choke off others. Have you ever found yourself in a messy situation? It may be a mess of your own making, or perhaps you found yourself in the brambles and tangles of someone else's decisions and failures. Or maybe it's just a little bit of both. For those of us that cling to Christ as our Savior and have been washed in the waters of our baptism, Jesus has a story to tell us, a parable, a story of everyday things to help us understand heavenly things, a story of restoration and hope. Jesus tells two parables in our gospel reading today, both about seeds and soil, though each is slightly different from the other. One is a parable of the growing seed, and the other is the parable of the mustard seed. In the parable of the growing seed, the dirt and the soil are part of the story. Essentially, they become the characters of the story. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like when someone sows seed, and the seed lands in the dirt. As the world sleeps, something mysterious happens. The earth produces of itself new growth. The word in Greek here for produces of itself is the word automate. This is the origin of our word automatic. The word means to us something that just happens. For a long, long time, people have been planting seeds and watching and waiting for that miracle to see what will just happen. And before too long, little green shoots emerge from the earth, a miracle held within the seed and the soil. It almost seems like the soil has some power of its own to encourage the seed to grow. The kingdom of God is often mysterious and hidden. 
is it coaxes and charms and brings forth new life. And that brings us to the second parable, the mustard seed. It is a very small seed. The seed, the small, scant, insignificant seed, will expand and take root and grow branches that reach to heaven. It will grow so tall that birds will feel safe resting in its branches. Jesus says this small, insignificant thing that grows into something large and useful is like the kingdom of God. In a commentary I read, it said this about the mustard seed. A seed, even a very tiny seed, transforms the soil. It will crack and burst open. It will shatter and transform the surrounding land. It will pierce the earth and take root, spreading throughout the clay and the dirt, reaching deep into the earth and touching every part, and the seed that grows upward and outward into a tree of life. The small seed not only transforms the soil, but it has the power to transform the world above. A tree becomes the thing that bridges earth and heaven. It digs its roots deep into the soil, but it also reaches for the sky. Maybe we're not the seed in this parable. Maybe Jesus is the seed. Jesus can be the tree that brings earth and heaven for us. We create, we, Jesus is the one who creates a safe place for us to rest because we are still people of the earth, a people composed of dirt and divine breath, a people longing for restoration and transformation. And Jesus comes to nestle himself in the very midst of all of our mud and our messes. He embeds himself in the very center of our grief, our shame, our humiliation, and our needs. Jesus knows really all about this. He spent three days wrestling in the grave in the mud and the mire, and just like that seed, Jesus' wild and reckless love scatters the earth with grace and transforms our whole being. Jesus is the seed that yearns to take root in us and to stretch and lift all of us towards heaven. The parable of the mustard seed points out that God's redemption is not just for us, but for all creation. God is doing a new thing taking root, growing, extending, mending, opening the branches for all creation to find rest. Now, God is not watching from a distance. God is not some distant agricultural scientist conducting some sort of growth experiment to see if this really takes root. This God is the God who came to earth to be among us, who reduced himself to the insignificant life of a poor carpenter, who enters into the dirt and mud and pain of a suffering world and who gently but persistently cracks open new life. If you were to pick up a handful of dirt that contained a mustard seed, the seed is so small you probably can't even see it. It's hidden, out of sight, and hard to find even if you're looking. But that doesn't mean it isn't there. The mustard seed awaits, concealed and invisible, until the time is right to unleash its mighty power of transformation. Just because we can't see the mustard seed doesn't mean the seed isn't there. In the same way, our inability to see doesn't affect God's ability to be. And God is always for us and with us. 
Ours can sometimes be an underground and mysterious faith. It involves patient waiting and hoping for the God of mud and messes to breathe new life into the places where we struggle to see signs of hope. And in the parables of the growing seed and the mustard seed, we can be assured of this one thing. New life is coming. The mysteries of the soil, messy though they may be, and the gift of the mustard seed will not let us down. The overwhelming, earth-shattering, life-transforming love that God gives us is a love that will not stay buried and non-productive. There is no place, there is no place so dirty or muddy or wrecked that the roots of God's grace cannot reach it. There is no place so dry or hardened or cold that God's unmerited grace will not soften and live and produce new growth. God is in the business of growing new things beautiful things out of the dirt of our lives. And our faith isn't only underground and mysterious, it's also vibrant and green and visible and growing. God is rooted in the dirt, but generates and nourishes a kingdom that grows and reaches out and extends its branches and shares itself with the world. So if you're in a place where you know regret or shame, confusion, sadness, Or maybe you're in a place of patient waiting through a long period of silence. I'm here to tell you this. Keep tilling the soil. Keep working the dirt. You might not be able to see it, but the mustard seed is there. Nestled in your life. Nestled in the dirt. Waiting to hatch and grow. Maybe it's already cracking open something new and you can't even perceive it. The soil is transforming. The seed is changing. We may not understand how the kingdom of God will come to life in us or what ways it will be unleashed, but grace, grace with all its mysteries reveals that new life is ready to burst forth. The ground is being transformed, and so are we. So hopefully after today, The next time you reach down and gather up some soil in your hand, remember, you are dirt. You are dirt nestled in God's hand. And God is nestled in you. And marvel at the kingdom of God. For you are part of God's kingdom. And the kingdom is part of you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.